Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. To you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Also brought to you by AutoZone. Heat is the main cause of battery failure, so it's important to have a tough battery. Duralast batteries are designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. They're proven tough and sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. This is Outkick, the coverage. Clay Travis oversees with his family in Paris for the remainder of the week. I'm Jason Martin, executive producer of this program on The Reg. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartoutkick. Joined by Jeff Schwartz. He's down in Charlotte. At Jeff Schwartz on Twitter, G-E-O-F-F. You can follow him there. Eight-year NFL veteran on the offensive line. Now deciding to... Try his hand at radio, and he's been a guest on this program on Wednesdays pretty much since the inception of Outkick the Coverage. We're coming up on the year anniversary of this show, which is kind of staggering when you really look at it. Back the day after Labor Day is when we started this sojourn together here on Fox Sports Radio. Jeff will join me here in just a moment. So there was an all-star game last night, 2-1. to one. Robinson Cano making it happen in the top of the 10th inning. Then there was an all-star game in Los Angeles with Connor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. And we didn't really talk much about this yesterday, but this is a circus. We knew this was going to be a circus. And leading in, it was just a matter of who was going to get the better of it. And I think we all knew the answer to that. Just as we know that Floyd Mayweather is going to win the fight, we knew that Conor McGregor was probably going to win the war of words because he's the better promo. He's the better interview. He's got the better one-liners. And even on the scale of what Conor's done in the past, yesterday he was certainly in rare form from what he said to what he wore, which also had words of derision on it delivered towards Floyd Mayweather. Floyd sleptwalked up there 
He said a few things, but he was not up to the challenge. This was a completely one-sided affair, which I think is very nice of Floyd Mayweather to do, considering what he's going to do to Conor McGregor when they actually fight. Because he's- this thing is not going to be a fight. This thing is going to be a farce. <clears throat> yes, that's a, that is exactly the correct deal. We bring in Jeff Schwartz now. Jeff, Conor McGregor did what Conor needed to do. He sold this fight. He took jabs at Floyd Mayweather's money issues, which we're going to talk about extensively here in just a minute. Floyd watched him dance, watched him bounce around, watched him smile, stayed stoic, did not look rattled at all. But when it was time for Floyd to speak, he did not bring what he needed to bring, maybe because he didn't care one way or the other. And, of course, they're going to be having these pressers all week because this is indeed the deadest week on the sports calendar. So it's perfect for Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather to step in and pick the bones of the media and just own it. And that's what they did. Not only did they do the press conference, like if you noticed, and I had somebody ask me this last night, why is Conor wearing an IFB, which is you know an earpiece that, that people in TV use, where somebody feeding him his lines? And I said, well, I guess they could be. But what the truth was is he was immediately headed to Sports Center, and then he was headed to Fox, and he was headed to all these different places, and they were just kind of doing sort of a one line of media hits individually as soon as they were done with the joint press conference. So this thing was a charade, to say the least, just like the fight is. But at the same time, I watched every second of it. How about you? I did not watch some of it. I saw the clips afterwards, but it doesn't surprise me that McGregor would win, if you could win, air quotes, win this uh, press conference. It seems more and more likely that Mayweather just took this fight to pay off his IRS liens. Because I don't see any any other reason why he's not, he wasn't excited yesterday. He made a big deal publicly about needing the money, and it looks like he owes twenty two million dollars, which is odd for a guy who carries around a million dollars in cash all the time. So uh, maybe he just doesn't have a lot of liquidity. But twenty two million dollars is a lot, and it just seems more and more likely that he took this fight just for the money. He's just trying to train. You know, he's older now, just trying to train enough to beat McGregor. And just move on with his life. So I'm not surprised that McGregor won this, if you could say that. And by, by the way, the IFB, you can put that in after the interview. So I don't think yeah, anyone's feeding him lines, but that's a bad excuse. Well, I'm going to do an interview afterwards. It just clips on your back of your jacket. It takes two seconds to put to put on. So um, I don't think anyone was feeding him his lines, but if you were to have odds on who would win this press conference, it was going to be it was going to be McGregor. Not only was it going to be McGregor, but. I think I saw Ariel Hawani, who we'll be talking about later on in his continuing saga with UFC, the, I would say, the preeminent MMA journalist in the world. He said that it was about 95-5 to 5 in favor of Conor McGregor. And I saw some folks tweeting about that. It's like, well, who, you know, which one of these villains do you root for? My answer to that question is, look, I know it's a farce, and I know who's going to win the fight, but I can't go with the, with the guy that... Uh, has been accused and has been guilty of domestic violence. Like, that's pretty much where I'm going to draw the line. That's where he becomes a villain to me. He's like, who is it that's going to cheer Floyd at this point? Connor's the one that's kind of making this interesting on the run-up. The reason why we care about this is because what Connor's going to do. Connor's made himself the most marketable combat sports athlete in the world because of his mouth. And then he's been able to get into the octagon, and he's been able to actually do some things. He's going to step through the ropes, and he's going to get knocked the hell out by Floyd Mayweather. Or it's going to be the most <laughs> boring decision of all time, because that's what Floyd Mayweather does. But thank God for Conor McGregor here. 
But I do think that there's something to be said for Floyd Mayweather just not taking this seriously. Like, he was stoic yesterday, but he was almost disrespectfully stoic. And then it was time, well, all right, well, we'll do the four-ounce gloves. We'll do the six-ounce gloves and all these different kinds of things. And my suit fits and this kind of stuff. Like, he was just... He basically sleepwalked it through this thing, Jeff. Like, if Connor hadn't been there, this would have been a complete and total bust. But we knew that Connor was going to show up. We did not know he was going to show up in that pinstripe suit, though. <laughs> what did you a, think when you that, saw that? That's a lot. Well, to me, like, I'm, I'm the frugal guy. That, that's a lot of money to spend for a one-time suit. But that's his point, right, is it's, it's him against the world, and he feels that way going this fight. No one's going to pick him to win. If you watched, was it one, one week ago about when they put out promo videos and Mayweather was hitting the um, the, the the top bottom bag and was was crushing it and Mayweather put out, and excuse me Greg, McGregor put out a video and he looked like he had really slow hands I mean it's not going to be a fight so they have to generate some hype in, in in this type of atmosphere it doesn't surprise me though that the fans are very pro McGregor I mean MMA fans are intense they're going to they're very loyal and and to me too and, and you mentioned who you who to root for why does Mayweather seemingly get a pass all the time for all his off the off the ring transgressions? I don't That's understand why question. more people don't ham. You know, in the NFL, you know, if you if you do have a one time domestic in, you know violence incident, um, you know, you're either out of the league like Ray Rice is. Um, you, you know, you constantly get questioned. It constantly gets talked about, but seemingly with Mayweather, it goes ignored. So if you missed some of this yesterday and you're just hearing us sort of bloviate about it, here are some of the highlights from Floyd v. Connor day one of this ridiculous press tour that they're engaging in that began yesterday. He's in a f***ing tracksuit. He can't even afford a suit anymore. The roses are 2012 outside. He is f***ed. There's no other way about it. His little legs, his little core, his little head. I'm going to knock him out inside four rounds. Mark my words. Because you can choose which way you want to go. And, I, and I'm guaranteeing you this. You're going out on your face or you're going out on your back. Now, which way you want to go? Which way you want to go? That's right. Sit quiet, you little <laughs> Talking about my defense. Come on. Oh, I got good defense. All you need to do is show up. You just show up, okay? And I'm going to do the rest. Dance for me, boy. Dance for me, son. Dance for me. Hey, give me that backpack. Give me that backpack. Let me show you mother what a hundred million dollar fighter look like. Still got a hundred million and then he never touched this That's an attacks, man. You right. I'm the IRS and I'm gonna tax your ass. I'm not gonna do my goodness it, it Jeff, doesn't go feel organic it feels really set up um and so i think like just listening to that audio without seeing the visual of the of the press conference it doesn't feel real it feels like they both well, you know mcgregor that's obviously what it's going to do but mayweather's side it just feels um like he's walking you know like he's going through the motions like like you've said and I'm not surprised i mean i think that people were looking forward to some sort of fireworks here and and mayweather to me like i said it just feels like he's doing this fight to pay off his liens and just move on with his life. I mean, there's no incentive for him to do this fight besides getting his hundred million dollars. I mean, he's 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 got he's facing a guy who in 2013 wasn't even in the sport, um, is not a boxer, really shouldn't be in the ring with 
with Mayweather, and so the money thing is, to me, the only reason why he's there. So I don't, I'm not surprised he just doesn't care about doing this, uh, this, this pre-fight stuff. It wasn't, wasn't the reason why McGregor hasn't fought in the UFC in a while is because he refuses to do pre-fight publicity. He likes to do everything on his time. He likes to show up an hour or 90 minutes late for things. Dana White doesn't like that because Dana White rules with an iron fist. Again, the Ariel Hawani story about him showing up to get his credentials yesterday in Los Angeles and finding out that UFC had specifically asked for him to be removed from Showtime's coverage still, of this That's still fight. going on, huh? Yes. Like, you remember the original oh. story with Hawani getting thrown out along with a couple yes. of a couple of other longtime guys, one guy being a... Uh, fantastic photographer in MMA and then him going on the MMA hour his show that Monday talking about it and then being reinstated like there's a problem with him and Dana White and the main problem is he brings on people that will disparage the UFC and he's willing to he's willing to cover the sport that he loves in a very positive and negative fashion and Dana White kind of wants you to be someone like I don't know uh, Steve Bannon or somebody in a in the Trump White House, I guess, like, you're not allowed to say anything. So, right. Hilwani is somehow a problem because he's an actual journalist. I don't I don't even see how this is possible. Like, how is it that UFC has control like this? Like, can you imagine if the NFL tried to do something like this? Like, stop a reporter from actually doing well, his job? I I think the reason why is is because it still is a niche sport. Like we, it's not mainstream. And this fight might make it more mainstream. But you know, the NFL is so large in in this country that if you try to silence a reporter or or tell them how the the league is covered, it, the backlash will be so high. I mean, I think if you're you know a lot of people like UFC uh, casual fans, you know, we just pay for the fight when it comes. Like we, we don't. I'm not listening all week and reading articles about it. If there's a cool fight, I'm going to order the pay-per-view. So I think that's the reason why. There's just not a, lot, a big crowd um, to make it public enough to what Dana White's doing to journalists. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's certainly some validity there. Um, it's just... Plus, to be honest with you, do UFC fans, do they really care? I mean, does it bother them that Dana White acts like this? Maybe not. I mean, his mouth and everything about him, the way his boisterous personality has worked through the years, has played to UFC's advantage. It's helped to build yes. the sport. But at the same time, what has made UFC UFC? Well, it was the rise of Ronda Rousey until Holly Holm extinguished yep. that with one with one <laughs> kick and a couple of punches. And it was Conor McGregor, who was sort of self-made. Like, nobody knew yeah. or cared who Conor McGregor was until he didn't shut up. And they were like, wait a second, all right, this guy's box office. That's what we needed, and that's why this fight was going to matter. Now, I don't necessarily think that this is going to make UFC look better in the end. There's The, the problem with this entire fight is there's already a built-in excuse for UFC fighters when, not if, when Conor McGregor loses his fight, which is, oh, it's boxing rules. Yeah, but Floyd Mayweather's never going to get into the octagon. I know that, like, of course, he's not trained that way. Like, Conor McGregor does know how to throw punches. He's had to do that for a living. Floyd Mayweather, the only thing he's ever done with his feet is danced away from other people for his entire career. He's not, he doesn't understand the grappling game, doesn't understand submissions, hasn't ever had to. And again, I've never for a second believed that Floyd May Mayweather would step in and take a fight at this stage of his career if he thought that there was even a point zero 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 one percent chance 
that that zero in his record could become a one. Because that, to me, is worth more than just about anything else. Now, your comment about the tax liens. When we come back, we're going to talk about, this is so absurd to me. The man's nickname is Money. (laughs) And the problem is Floyd Mayweather somehow has money problems. We're going to discuss that, and I'm going to, oh my God, put my pro wrestling hat on and explain this from a promoters and marketing standpoint. You don't want to miss that. It's coming up next. Outkick the coverage with Jeff and J-Mart right here on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back to Outkick the Coverage and the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. We're live. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. I'm Jason Martin along with eight-year NFL veteran Jeff Schwartz. He's down in Charlotte and he was making a point in the last segment as we've been talking about Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor, which is sort of the story i mean we talked a good bit about the home run derby yesterday and i think we will talk some about the all-star game maybe more about how fox chose to do tv last night which was very intriguing some of it worked pretty well i thought but this is the story you know this is a week in which floyd and connor knew that they could really kind of dominate the media landscape in sports and everything they said was going to be amplified tenfold instead of maybe fivefold on more of a regular sports week where there were more news coming out of the NFL and some of those things, although Calvin Johnson decided he was going to make some news, and we'll discuss that here in a bit as well. But you made a point, Jeff, about Floyd Mayweather's past transgressions and how he's gotten a pass to some extent. Now, not entirely only because, remember Michelle Beadle and Rachel Nichols and people having their credentials pulled because they dared to mention stuff the money team took their credentials for the Pacquiao fight. That became a big deal. Like there have certainly been, there's been coverage of this, but I saw you kind of go back and forth on Twitter with one of our listeners here just a couple of minutes ago who said, Hey, look, there have been a lot of coverage of what Floyd did and your response. And I think that, and I just want you to address this is let's talk about the difference between the coverage of Floyd Mayweather's situation. And for example, Ray Rice's situation. Yeah, I mean, I think the difference is, and I don't know why this matters, is the video. I mean, that's always been the difference with yep. with Ray Rice compared to most other, you know, Tyreek Hill, for example, right? The Chiefs' um, excellent yes. rookie uh, do all on offense, right? I mean, there's no video of him committing any of his of his Thank domestic God. violence crimes, and that's that's what it comes down to is the video. And, and to my knowledge, there's no video of Floyd Mayweather, correct? Uh, not that I've seen. So, I mean, that's I think that's the difference, and it shouldn't be the difference. I mean, if you've been I don't think Mayweather's actually been convicted of a crime, has he? Just accusations, right? Yeah, I've been a whole lot of allegations. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, that's that's also an issue, you know, I mean, an issue as well. But still, if you look at Ray Rice, um, he never played again, and part of that is because of the video and the way it was handled. Part of it was he's not very good at the time that that the situation happened. Mayweather can still box, obviously, um, but they just it feels like there's been a disconnect of coverage because and maybe and possibly it's because boxing just inherently violent so people i guess maybe um ignore the importance of the domestic violence incidents that, that he's had i mean i don't know what other reason it could be back in january floyd sat down with a media outlet and this is what he said 
you know, that was in my past. And, of course, with any situation when someone talks about domestic violence with a fighter like myself, when they say Floyd was involved with domestic violence restraining someone, yes, I did that. I'm guilty of restraining. As far as stomp, kick, and beat a woman, the world would see photos. For so many years, they tried to defeat me in so many different ways as far as negative things, but I couldn't be defeated inside the ring, so they tried to defeat me on the outside. Did people want to see me fail? Absolutely, but I beat all odds. And then there was a follow-up asked, and his response to that was, like I said before, hopefully like yourself, I'm still waiting to see photos. So that's sort of been his excuse through this whole thing. The video does change the game. Because the video is extremely uncomfortable. And there have been scenarios where domestic violence has risen to levels where someone has been crucified before the fact. And it's been proven out to be untrue. So when you don't have direct evidence like that, then all of a sudden it becomes an opinion thing. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, do I like this person? And if I do, maybe I'm more apt to believe that he wouldn't have done something like this. Which is ridiculous. I, you should never put your hands on a woman. I don't care for not. what reason. Like I don't understand why there's excuses made for men touching women. You should never ever do that. There should never really be a point ever where you have to restrain a woman from hitting you. Like I should have never gone to that point. Um, and you know, restraining. I mean, what what does that mean? That means you you got in a physical altercation with somebody. Um, so I just the excuses made for men, especially athletes, to dismiss. Uh, domestic violence to me is pathetic, and it, it happens all the time, uh, whether it's in the NFL, MLB, I mean, wh- whatever it is, boxing, it just needs to stop. And and look, you know, to me, people ask me about guys in the NFL, obviously, who, like Tyreek Hill, because I'm a Chiefs fan, my brother plays for the Chiefs, sure. I watch the Chiefs, and how do I root for Tyreek Hill knowing his past? And look, it's it's tough for me to do that. Um, and maybe I'm a hypocrite because I'm talking about Mayweather in this way, but I also root for the Chiefs and root for Tyreek Hill. Um, and I think in those three hours I watch a football game, I try not to think about um, his past and try to be entertained. So maybe I'm the hypocrite here because I can basically root for one guy, but also question why Mayweather uh, does not get more uh, basically coverage for his domestic violence, you know, incidents in yeah, the past. Yeah. So I don't really know like the the proper way to to root for somebody who has committed a crime like this. I just know it's wrong, and for me, I wouldn't do it, and that's not my life. And so I, I guess I can kind of compartmentalize rooting for someone for three hours over what they do off the field, and I don't know if that's right or wrong. I, I just. Um, I just try not to think about it in the actual moment of that football game. Well, there's one difference between Tyreek Hill and Floyd Mayweather, and that is that Tyreek Hill or came out and was remorseful. He said after the draft, yes, NFL fans, Chiefs fans have the right to be mad at me. He knows he screwed up. Mayweather, to my knowledge, has never come out and actually apologized for anything. I think that saying, where are the photos? right after saying yes i restrained someone yeah that's different like i couldn't you know i had a hard time with the tyree kill thing once you really look at that story and he's punching a pregnant woman in the stomach and by the way our telephone number is 877-996-6369 that's 877-99 on fox if you have thoughts on the presser yesterday or on the mayweather situation i know we have a couple of calls so ted and eric hang with us after trending we will take your phone call But I do think there is something to be said for the contrition that Tyreek Hill has tried to show as opposed to almost the bravado that Floyd Mayweather has shown. And maybe that's because Floyd being the villain has been good for his brand. 
and Tyreek Hill is trying to get a second chance. I totally believe in second chances. And Tyreek Hill made a horrible, horrible mistake. But I don't think that he's tried to shy away from that. And for that, you know, I'm willing not to look the other way, but to watch this kid play football and see what he does with the remainder of his life. I felt the same way about Michael Vick. There are a lot of people that will never give Michael Vick another chance because dogs are so beloved in this culture. Believe me, I get it. I love animals, even despite hashtag Animal Thunderdome. But (laughs) Michael Vick, since getting out of jail and paying his debt to society, has done everything right. He said the right things. He's worked for animal rights organizations. He's gotten himself educated about the situation. He's been a great role model in communities. All the arrogance and the ego that he showcased when he was in Atlanta that kind of started to trickle out after his career went away and he went to jail. That guy was gone. Now, was it beneficial to him for that to go away? Absolutely. But we can't basically look at somebody trying to turn their life around and assume they're doing it with just an agenda in mind. You have to let this guy try to rehab his image. Tyreek Hill, I feel like, has done that. Floyd Mayweather has not. Again, 877-996-6369. Back in 30 seconds with Ted and Eric's phone calls. But first, let's find out what's trending. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part? Figuring out which way is easier. Also brought to you by our good friends and partners at True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. And on average, you can save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. This is Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. Jeff Schwartz, NFL veteran, eight-year veteran, alongside me, Jason Martin. We're in for the guy, Clay Travis. The boss man is over in Paris this week with his family. On a much-needed vacation. We're going to take your phone calls here in one second. I looked up what happened two weeks after Tyreek Hill was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, and this is what he said in a press conference. He said, quote, Those fans have every right to be mad at me because I did something wrong. I let my emotions get the best of me, and I shouldn't have did it. They have every right to be mad. But guess what? I'm about to come back and be a better man, be a better citizen, and everything will take care of itself and let God do the rest, unquote. And then he went on to say he's been in counseling and he's trying to learn from his mistake. Now, you can also argue that this was a guy who beat his pregnant woman in or his pregnant uh, girlfriend in the stomach while she was pregnant and all he got was probation. And now he's going to get a chance to make millions in, in the NFL. It's unseemly. It is what it is. But on the scale of the way most of these situations have been handled in the past, I felt like Tyreek Hill at least owned it as best that he could in his situation. And I have not felt that way about Floyd Mayweather. So I do think that there is a major difference in terms of I can watch Tyreek Hill play football and I can kind of grin and bear it. And maybe each year it'll get a little bit easier as long as he continues to toe the correct line in his own life where Floyd Mayweather I don't know. Jury's out there. Let's take a couple of your phone calls. Again, the telephone number is 877-996-6369. So far today, all we've been talking about, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. We will start off in Oregon. Ted in Oregon. Welcome to the program, Ted. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Jeff. Hey, i just like to say, you know, obviously Floyd's going to win the fight. It's a no-brainer. But uh, the dude did his time. He, he, he beat on his girlfriend or whatever he did. But he spent time in jail. He mostly just fasted, ate Fritos, worked out. 
and he got out, and he still got the same attitude he ever did, because, of course. But, uh, you know, so I don't really know what the big deal is with him, comparing him with a football player. He doesn't work for a team. He doesn't work for a league. He doesn't have anybody ruling him. He does what he does, and it's his. he's calling the shots, and he's making the money. So I don't know what the beef is. All right. Thank you, Ted. Well, I mean, the beef is that domestic violence sucks. I mean, that's sort of the most blunt way that I can put it. Yes, he spent 90 days in jail in 2012 for a misdemeanor related to domestic abuse. I, that's, I don't think that we're we're asking why he's getting a pass. I don't think we're being too hard on the guy for, for um, asking that question. No, I don't either. Like, I just feel like when I see Floyd, that comes along with Floyd. In the yes. same way when I see Tyreek Hill, I see what Tyreek Hill did. Every time he's running down the field, I can't just look at Tyreek Hill and see a football player. But, you know, to, to, to guy's point real quick, yes, Floyd Mayweather is basically an a, a individual contractor, right? He's, he's in his Yes, his he's own an independent business, contractor, but he's, yes. But he's part of boxing, though. I mean, he fights for boxing federations, you know, just like NFL players – Playing NFL and represent, they also represent themselves and their team and the, and the Shield. So he does represent something. He's fighting for something, and some organization is sanctioning him to fight. So yes, he he is an independent contractor, but he's representing the sport of boxing and whatever belts he he owns. That's absolutely true. Let's head to the barber shop up in Kalamazoo. Our good friend Eric. Haven't heard from Eric in a few weeks. Eric, man, what's up? Man, what's going on? Before we go off on this emotional chanting about some domestic violence, man, Peyton Manning did some stuff and got an out-of-court settlement about some stuff I don't even want to mention. But everybody don't be talking about that when they see Peyton Manning. And it is very tacky to talk about. Wait, are we talking about? Are you talking about, about the? Wait, 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 Eric. Are we talking about the mooning incident? No, the one when he put his sack on the girl's face. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, but he gets to get away with that. Don't nobody talk about that when they talk about him. But we talk about something that don't have nothing to do with boxing skills. Rocky Marciano, I'm quite sure that if you go in there, a fighter has a run-in where a person plays on the fact that they can't do anything to him because a professional boxer, if they put their hands on you, they get in trouble. So people can play on that, and ladies are guilty of that. We're trying to get out of guy, control his life. Y'all been in relationships. And know how that go, man. I, I mean, believe me, it is very tacky to try to run that angle and make him the villain when he's the best boxer out there, undefeated. Him and Rocky Marciano was tied. He goes to get the same respect. And I will tell y'all, if Mayweather was white, do you think you wouldn't hear nothing about him? I, I, want, I want to challenge your audience on that one. If he was white, you think you'd you, you, you get this little coverage on him? Or would he be on every sweet box and every commercial ever made? Known the man if he was white. Speak to that one. Okay, Eric. All right. Uh, appreciate Eric and so Kalamazoo calling his, in. He, so he thinks it's okay to hit women is what we're getting at there. I mean, it seemed like there was a little bit of rationale yeah. there. And he also mentioned yeah. this Peyton All Manning right. incident. Clay wrote like four columns on this last year. And, he was citing yes, something that was blown up because of Sean freaking King. And it wasn't – he did not get charged with any crime. No, um, he was not. The trainer well. signed it. The trainer that was – that may have had – genitalia near her face was someone that signed an affidavit in 1996 that said no physical contact occurred from Peyton Manning at all. This felt like a completely manufactured story.
And again, if you go to outkick.com and you look up Peyton Manning, you'll find all these stories that Clay wrote. He spent a lot of time last year attacking Sean King in the New York Daily News, who went after this as if Peyton Manning should be taken away in leg irons. Like, this is not comparable at all to what Floyd Mayweather is accused of. And Sean King said in his original article, he's doing it because he felt Cam Newton was disrespected in the Super Bowl. Yes, I mean, that's that's just, of course. I mean, of course that's why Talcum X would have done something like this. But the truth of the matter is, I don't care whether you're green, purple, yellow, red, orange, blue, white, black, doesn't matter to me. If you put a hand on a woman, that's not something I'm ever going to fully be able to forget. Because that's not how I was raised. Jeff, I know that's not how you were raised. Danny G, Coop out in L.A., that's not how you were raised. Now, Floyd Mayweather, yes. he Like I said, he did 90, 90 days in jail for a misdemeanor related to domestic violence in 2012. Have we seen photographic evidence? Have we seen videos? We have not. But we have heard him say, yes, I restrained somebody. And we've seen and I've read firsthand accounts that are pretty daggone terrible. And... Again, I just have not seen any contrition at all from Floyd Mayweather, even for the restraint. He admitted he did it, but he didn't say it was wrong. He just said he did it. And whatever, if he was eating Fritos or whatever he was doing in jail, I don't think that he ever paid a debt publicly, at least to my, what I would say I would have expected and wanted from him for me to be able to let that go. Like I was in Houston at the Super Bowl, as were you, Jeff, in in February Went to the Rockets game that Thursday night there in Houston at the Toyota Center right next to our hotel. And he was there. And as soon as he popped up on the screen, I'm like, wow, I'm in a building with Floyd Mayweather. And I was like, yeah, that dude beat a woman. Like, that was the first thing I thought about. Like, he, all the money he's made and what a great boxer he's been. And just an amazing hype machine that the money team has been through the years. And the first thing I thought of when I saw him smiling was, yeah, that dude allegedly beat a woman. And certainly did jail time, at least for a misdemeanor, involved with domestic violence with a woman. That's the first thing I thought about. You can't rationalize this away. When Ray Rice did his thing, I remember Jeff people coming out and saying, people calling our local show here in Nashville, just to just to defend Ray Rice and say, look, the woman touched him first, and this and that. It's like, That's shut that BS up. That is completely ridiculous. Um, I actually have a, a, a pretty funny... Mayweather story, if you want to get lighthearted for a second. So in 2008, I had just turned 21. I think I was actually 22 this year. And a bunch of buddies, we went to Vegas and we were dead broke. It was right after college or right in my last year of college. And we got into it. We were at the Wynn Hotel and the new club there was Trist. And so we like finagled our way into the club and we didn't have a table. We had nothing. We were just kind of in the middle of the dance floor and, um, Team USA Basketball was actually there at that time. The entire team was there. LeBron, D-Wade, Hakeem Noah, uh, Kobe. They were all in the club, too. And there was a fight that night, I guess. And Mayweather came into the club as well. And he came into the club. He had um, the hostesses all had bottles of, of Dom with sparklers in them, like 10 of them. And they came in with Floyd. And then Floyd started just throwing money in there. He's making it rain. And uh, just t- stacks of ones just all over the dance floor. And our... My my poor ass was just grabbing ones left and right, trying to get these ones. I was and, and all my buddies were, were trying to get it, and um, it was pretty funny. Like in 2008, think about it. I mean, it's a long time ago now. Um, that's when making it rain was cool, and he was making it rain. He was, they were tossing ones up. I mean, he probably had 
you know that backpack he carries around with with all oh, those yeah. hundreds. This this was just a backpack of ones. It was it was crazy. You no, know, I was twenty two. I think I would have been twenty two then. Um, and and uh, no, this was when I was twenty one. This is when I was twenty one. Yeah, I just turned twenty one, and so to be in this hot Vegas club with all these NBA guys, and then Floyd comes in and starts throwing money up in the air. I mean, I thought this was this was the life. And so, how much money did you end up coming up with? Probably enough to buy like two drinks. I mean, you know, Vegas is twenty seven dollars for a drink, and you can yeah. And then you know, then if you're a common folk like that, you can't even get a drink because the line is too long. You know, they, they care about the tables first. And then first, and then second of all, you can't even, like, girls won't even approach you because you don't have money there. Like, like you I have no idea what like, it's just, like not to have women just, approach me. It's just, a, it's just a bunch of dudes on the dance floor hoping to hook up with anybody. And then they don't even talk to you anyways because you don't have any money. That's, that is an ama- yeah, no, that's an amazing story for sure. 877-996-6369, 877-99-ON-FOX is the telephone number here. To join the program, I see we've got a couple of people on the line that want to talk Mayweather and domestic violence. We'll do that after the break, and we still haven't even talked about his tax problems yet. Just the sheer irony of the fact that Money Mayweather is struggling with money. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Outkick the Coverage. We're brought to you by, again, Geico. Great news, there's a great way and a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico, go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Entire hour has been devoted to Floyd Mayweather and some of Conor McGregor, but it's actually kind of changed into more of a discussion of Floyd Mayweather and Jeff suggesting he's gotten somewhat of a pass over his domestic violence situations, especially in the lead-up to the Pacquiao fight and in the lead-up even more so to this fight where it really hasn't even been a discussion. We've taken a couple of phone calls. We've got a couple on the line. Our telephone number, if you ever want to join us this week for any purpose, is 877-996-6369. That's 877-99-ON-FOX. Let's head to Virginia Beach and hear from Charlie. Charlie, good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Great. So... In classic Clay Travis form, what I would pose to Jeff is, for Tyreek, did his come-to-Jesus moment happen after he signed that million-dollar contract with the Kansas City Chiefs? If he didn't get a contract, if he didn't have fans, would he go get counseling and try to become a better citizen? What was the variable that influenced him to have this change of life? The other thing I want to say is, for domestic violence, hitting women is totally wrong don't support it but i was raised don't put your hands on anybody because the reverse happens you just don't get a lot of talk about it all right charlie thanks for the call jeff he addressed he addressed you there i feel like you yeah i know i the second the second comment like i i get to a point where um i've never been in a situation i've gone in fights with my wife and i've never got a situation where i've ever had to defend myself as well like i don't know if it should ever get to that point um Tyreek Hill did the interview two weeks after with the Chiefs. Yes, saying that saying that he had been to counseling. So he had been to counseling, obviously before he got drafted. You would think um, he got counseling from court mandated, right? Like as part of his sentence. Well. Yes, as part of it as well. So I mean, yes. Does money change your your um, opinion and outlook on your life? Sure, it does. Uh, but Mayweather has a ton of money, and he has refused to be contrite about it. So. Um, 
I don't think that that matters really very much at all. Yes, people are motivated by money and their decisions oftentimes in life are made by that money. But with Tyreek Hill, uh, he either went to court-mandated counseling or he did it before he was drafted, and it cost him a ton of money. He was a fifth-round draft pick. Um, and, and, and those contracts are millions of dollars less than where he would have been drafted if this didn't happen. Again, again, I go back to Michael Vick, and I know we got Josh on the line. Josh, we're going to have to wait until the top of the hour. If you hang with us, we will take your call first when we come back. But quickly, Michael Vick, again, like you can't – there's nothing he could do at this point. Like you can say, well, did he just do this because he's got millions? Well, look, he's got millions. If he wants to make himself better, you can you can try to say it's only because of that. But that's the reality in which he lives. He couldn't change that by that point. He couldn't go back and fix it and then do it there. It's like whatever his reality was is what his reality was. So casting aspersions is kind of a, I don't know, I think it's sort of an unflattering exercise overall. So we've talked a lot about Floyd Mayweather, a lot about Conor McGregor. We're going to continue to talk about that on the other side. We will take your phone calls as well. Stick with us here on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. We're also brought to you today by our good friends at True Car. Here are some car laws you might not know about. In Alabama, it's illegal to drive blindfolded. In Oklahoma, it's illegal to read comic books while driving. And in Russia, it's illegal to drive a dirty car. Let's not talk too much about Russia. And here's something else you might not know about cars that's really helpful and won't get you in trouble with the law. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their new certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on their actual inventory and a simpler buying experience whether you buy new or used. Here's something else you might not know. True Car users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before they buy. There's also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with a True Car certified dealer. And when you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience some features not available in all states the man you heard sort of guffawing during that read was jeff schwartz he joins me i'm jason martin the executive producer of outkick the coverage you can find me on twitter at jmart outkick you can find the eight-year nfl offensive line veteran jeff schwartz at jeff schwartz g-e-o-f-f and hopefully you can spell schwartz there is a t in it sometimes schwartz doesn't have a t in it but i'm gonna go ahead and make that a little bit easier we've been talking a lot jeff about floyd mayweather and conor mcgregor but a lot more as of late about floyd mayweather and the domestic violence. This is from CNN in 2015. I'm just going to read this from the article. That Mayweather is a serial batterer of women cannot be disputed. According to sports websites, Mayweather has had at least seven assaults against five women that resulted in arrest or citations, in addition to other episodes in which the police were called but no charges were filed. Some examples. In 2001, he allegedly struck the mother of one of its children in the face with a car door and then punched her several times in the face. According to an account in the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Mayweather was charged with two counts of domestic battery. He pleaded guilty in March 2002 to those counts and one count of misdemeanor battery in an unrelated case. Under the plea agreement, he got a suspended six-month jail sentence, a $3,000 fine, 48 hours of community service, and two days of house arrest. For attacking two women at a Las Vegas nightclub in 2003, he was found guilty on two counts of domestic battery and given a suspended six-month prison sentence for each as well as a $500 fine for each count or community service. And in 2010, 
He attacked the mother of three of his children at her home and punched her in the head. His oldest son called the police. He did a plea deal to domestic assault, pleaded no contest to harassment charges, and that's when he served two months of a 90-day sentence. And then when he was questioned by CNN, his response was, no pictures, just hearsay, just allegations. There you go. That's not a lot of good stuff there, Jeff. Like the no, people that not. are calling trying to defend domestic violence right now, and I said we're going to take Josh's call. Let's see what Josh has to say real quickly. Josh is in Akron, Ohio, wants to talk Floyd Mayweather here on Outkick the Coverage. Josh, good morning. Oh, hey, gentlemen, thanks for taking my call. I really yes, appreciate it. Uh, I'm a pastor in downtown Akron, so I see a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different problems, things like that. Now, I appreciate what you were saying earlier about second chance and all and all of that. I deal with people who um, oftentimes don't get second chances, and nobody wants to give them a second chance. I mean, I got registered sex offenders who are members of our congregation. I got millionaires and everything in between, and people living in parking decks who come through our doors. And one of the problems that I think a lot of society doesn't do is they don't really as much as they say they want to give people second chances they 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 really don't but i appreciate you bringing light to this situation because it first takes i mean we don't want to say that the problems are not severe they they really are severe in domestic violence and things like that and i run into a lot of broken families um but i i really wish or i really hope and I'd like to encourage people to surround people that they know are going through these issues that have done domestic violence or, or committed um, crimes like this to, to surround them with uh, an opportunity for, for reconciliation and forgiveness if they're willing to receive that and they're willing to to make amends. And I appreciate you talking about um, the the guy from Kansas City Chiefs who um, took ownership of this situation. A lot of people, and, and I know, I know what you guys are talking about is people making millions and millions of dollars, and and the opportunities to make millions and millions of dollars. But um, a lot of times, I I see people who've gone through these situations who have a hard time getting a job at Subway or at McDonald's or a lot of other places just just to make get back into society and. Um, and nobody wants to give them a chance and they won't, they won't surround them with, with an opportunity and, and continue to, to help them get better. Thanks, so Josh. Kind of just what I want yeah, to no, say. no, I appreciate yeah. it. And good work that you're doing out there. You know, I, I don't think anything that he said right there was groundbreaking breaking, but I thought it was important to mm-hmm. actually let him make those statements that was real quickly. I, I don't know that I explained it as well as I wanted to at the end of last hour again. Was there a benefit to Tyreek Hill doing what he did after the draft when he came out and said what he said? Yes, there was. Was there a benefit financially or personally or reputation-wise for Michael Vick when he got out of jail to say and do the things that Michael Vick did? Yes. But the problem here is we can't just assume that that's the only reason they did it because they can't go back in time and not be in a situation where they could benefit at that point. If they want to better themselves but they're making millions of dollars – then you have to allow for the possibility and not be so jaded or so cynical to believe that there has to be an ulterior motive. Maybe Tyreek Hill is actually trying to be a better person. Maybe 
Michael Vick was and is continuing to try and be a better person. I try to see the positives, and I try to give people the benefit of the doubt more often than not, regardless of how reprehensible I think what they did was, as long as they show legitimate contrition and they do and say the right things. I don't know what else Michael Vick in particular could have done after the fact, and some people will still never give him a chance, Jeff. Right, but if if the money for let's use Tyreek Hill because we're using an example, right? Let's say the money forced him to basically be contrite, go to counseling, and become a better man. What's wrong with that? Right. Like, I don't see the problem. I don't. Like, I don't see the problem with that. If that if the money that, that he could possibly make and his opportunity has an NFL forced him to become a better man, then what's the problem with that? I don't understand why people get upset about that. Um, so I see no issue with that whatsoever. I, I don't either, and that is Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL veteran. Of and course, it, he's been around situations. A lot of the people that you know, Jeff, and a lot of people that you worked with in the NFL had a lot of money, and a lot of them made yes. boneheaded decisions. A lot of I them mean, were bad guys. A lot of them were dirtbags. A lot of them made mistakes. But there are also a lot of those guys that made mistakes and realized they made mistakes and then didn't repeat those mistakes over and over again the way it appears Floyd Mayweather chose to live his life for about an 11- or 12-year span. Yes, and you know, I think to your to your point, you know, someone text, someone tweeted about Josh Brown, and like, I was in the locker room with Josh, and I and I think it's um, you really don't know what your teammates are doing off the field. If that makes like I I, I went on a we went on a was a four couples went on a date, so Josh was one of them. Josh and Molly were one of them, and uh, it was right during this time period where where this was happening, and we just don't know as. Um, his teammates and and what Josh did obviously is wrong and um, the Giants came to their came to their senses and, and released him and he's done playing the NFL um, but you know as you would think that we would know because we're with the guy he was he was lockered right next to me you think I would not no idea because um, it's not public and and he's not talking to me about it and if he did I would have um, I don't know what I would have done quite honestly um I, I I would have talked to him about it but I knew he was having some issues uh, maritally but we didn't you know I didn't know the extent of it so um but you know it's unfortunate Josh Brown is part of this conversation as well absolutely eight seven seven nine nine on Fox eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine to join this conversation we go to Phoenix Arizona next Adrian is in Phoenix Adrian hello oh Adrian dropped just a few seconds ago okay uh, like oh, I said, you, you have thought forever, and then you drop us. Yeah, that's well. Look, man, Adrian's got stuff to do. We didn't get yeah, to Adrian in time, I guess. But yeah, I just oh, okay. Adrian's back. Let's go to uh, Phoenix. Adrian's ready for us now. Adrian, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. Good. All right, so I just wanted to uh, get my uh, take on it. Um, so I'm a 20 year old young guy, and I've been in trouble with domestic violence before out here in Arizona, and. Um, I used to side with Floyd on all his stories and stuff, but actions speak louder than words. I think now that I've experienced the domestic violence stuff and I got in trouble for restraining in a, a situation where my ex-girlfriend was coming towards me, trying to hit me and stuff. And I have to agree with Jeff, like you can't ever let it get to that situation. So to, for me personally to get better, I've taken counseling and everything so that I can not let it get to that because it's just like you guys said earlier there's no room for putting your hands on a woman ever and like jeff said it should never get to that point to where a woman's coming towards you adrian when you went through sorry when you went through the process of counseling and and all of these kinds of things 
How has it changed your viewpoint and how much of a better person do you think you are today just as a result, not of obviously what you did, like you shouldn't have to do something like that to better yourself, but just how much have you learned through the experience and the mistakes that you made at a young age? Honestly, I learned like it it was a life changing event. I'm happy that it it happened at the age of 19 because if it didn't, I would uh, probably still restrain let's say uh, women in particular i guess if they were coming at me and i know now uh like how to not get those into those situations and now how to leave them because of what i've learned and how and it's just made me so much better in every situation even with guys even like if they want to compensate and and stuff like that it's just all around better for yourself but it's all about the actions it's not words like you can say i go through all the things and it's all allegations and stuff but it's all about the actions and what you do and for not, instance, Michael Vick. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Oh, I was just going to say, not to pry, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but you said you were in trouble for that and you you're restraining and all that kind of stuff. Was that a one-time incident or was that something that you had done more times than the time where it actually kind of caught up to you? In all, in all honesty, it happened about four or five times in my lifetime mm-hmm. with my young adult relationships, and I... I I thought restraining was okay, like like as a it's, a, it's it's an okay thing to do, but it's against the law. And in the in the laws, like you're not allowed to restrain a woman, even if she's hitting you. I guess because that's what, in all honesty, what was happening. I had marks on me and everything, but because I was restraining her, she didn't even get to go to jail. I did, and luckily I haven't gotten it on my record because I went through the counseling and everything to become a better person and learn the ins and outs of what to do and how to become a better person to society. And how old were you when this happened? 19 years old, sir. Adrian, I just want to thank you for calling and sharing that story. I think it's important to hear that, and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you. You guys have a good day. Thank you. That's Adrian in Phoenix. I'm glad he called back. That was an important phone call to take on this show, Jeff. Yes, and we've had – I will say, I mean, I obviously listen to the show, uh, Clay's show from time to time, and, and we have great callers on this show. We do. Like that's, the, that's absolutely for, true. For, for the for the priest to call in from Akron, for this fellow to call in and share their stories and be so honest and open about it, um, I think it really helps our discussion. So it's not really a good way to segue out of that. We've been talking about Floyd Mayweather. No. We haven't really even discussed anything about his tax situation. We will try and kind of pivot in that direction next. If you have thoughts, the telephone number is 877-996-6369. That's 877-99 on Fox. You're listening to Jeff and Jay Mart. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. It's Jason Martin and NFL veteran Jeff Schwartz here on Outkick the Coverage. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. So there's been a lot of Floyd Mayweather talk on this show, and we have not even talked about the money situation. Floyd Mayweather says he can't pay off his 2015 tax liability until after he gets money from the fight against Conor McGregor. Yesterday, a report from the AP says he still owes the IRS $22.2 million in tax liabilities from 2015. The legal website Law360 says although the taxpayer has substantial assets, those assets are restricted and primarily illiquid. The taxpayer has a significant liquidity event scheduled in about 60 days, that being the fight, from which he intends to pay the balance of the 2015 tax liability due and outstanding. Floyd Mayweather has earned approximately $700 million in his 49-fight professional career, according to Forbes magazine, and that's just an estimate. Now, 
you said off the top of the show, Jeff, that it seems like this fight is happening so that Floyd can get the IRS off his back and make this money. And I think that there's definite legitimacy there. But if I am to put my pro wrestling hat on for a moment, I worked in that industry for 10 years. As a writer, I booked territory areas. I was on camera, off camera, did everything. If I wanted people that were already skeptical of the legitimacy of a sporting event to question whether or not one of the participants and the favorite in particular might be willing to take a dive because he actually needs money. And this is a guy that cares about nothing in his life other than money. It's all he's ever talked about. It's all he's ever been about. And now all of a sudden he can't seem to pay the IRS. If I wanted people to buy into the idea that, you know what, maybe he'll allow himself to get knocked out so there can be a rematch. If I wanted gambling to explode, all of those kinds of things. If I wanted the interest to change from Floyd knocking out Conor McGregor to is Floyd willing to take an L on his combat sports record in order to make money, if I want to change that narrative, how best could I do that in this situation? I can't think of a better way than to leak a story about tax problems for Floyd why would Mayweather. He announce, why would he announce that he's going to basically throw a fight before he does it? Right, except for the fact that all of a sudden money would swing and there could be all sorts of problems there. Now, I don't think so that's he, what so happened. You, I'm just saying that he, there's okay. – I can't believe – how could he not pay the IRS? How could this so, guy be in this kind of of financial strife right now? So they so this is I mean this is a, a reason why is when you owe money to the IRS they charge interest and the interest is often sure. less than you can than if you put your money into the stock market. So you can basically wait uh, till it becomes even to pay it off if you wanted to do it that way. I mean I think twenty two million dollars seems a little bit excessive to, to do it that way. I mean for a smaller amount of money you know you cannot pay the IRS essentially take the interest penalty, slowly pay it off uh, and keep your money in the market and make you know make whatever you're making now as the market continues to go up. So that's a possibility. I don't think that's what he's doing here. Um, you know I think that he has a lot of toys in his life i don't see do you see mayweather as a guy who's putting his money into the market and no no he's definitely a guy you'd see he's definitely a guy you see on cribs so yeah so he doesn't have a lot of liquid i don't think he has a lot of liquidity i mean that's what his problem is and obviously 22 million dollars i mean he might not just have that hanging around the bank to pay off um his his liens i don't know how you get how you get this far i mean 22 million dollars in liens that's a lot of money um but obviously this fight he'll 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 clear that money um and i uh, so this is a good, good you're a good asset. So he gets a hundred million dollars, no matter what the pay per view sales are, or that's what projecting what they assume. Um, people yeah, will I believe buy. I think that includes what they assume are, is going to be the just the the amount of pay per views bought plus the portion of the gate and all of those kind of things that are done. Mayweather made around two hundred and twenty million for the fight with Pacquiao in 2015. He put a photo on Twitter, or it may have been Instagram actually of a $100 million check from that fight, which was the guaranteed <laughs> purse. And that's the same thing he's getting here. That check well, I mean, did not have taxes deducted from it. Yeah, how, that's the why question I have is, how does money. he not have the world's greatest business manager that makes sure this kind of thing could not possibly happen well, to him? You need more than a business manager for that. I mean, you need to have your own True. CPA. I mean, there's many things. Is me as an independent contractor in my job now, I mean, like I get some people pay me 
uh, some withhold and some don't. Um, so you have to pay taxes basically quarterly, you know, constantly pay taxes. And if he forgot once or twice, that's why he owes $22 million. Um, so I wonder if the IRS will actually buy into this and say, hey, you can wait or we're going to assess more penalties or we're going to garnish wages or find a way for you to pay this money back. Well, what they had previously argued, meaning the Internal Revenue Service, is that he had the resources to pay immediately, even if it meant selling property or taking out a loan. That, again, from Law 360, a pretty well-known website. Yeah, so it's You can a, take a loan against assets and probably pay that off. Right. And his failure to pay penalty for 15 months past due of these 2015 taxes, the failure to pay penalty typically about 0.5% each month, and then that sort of grows and it now sits at about 7.5 percent on top of what is owed so this is a mess this is a complete and total mess of cash yes it definitely is i know we got a couple of phone calls 877-996-6369-877-99 on fox let's go to south carolina i lived in greenville and spartanburg for a while let's talk to kelvin kelvin what's up hey good morning how you doing good sir i just want to speak on the whole domestic violence thing I want to address this towards Jeff. I know he spoke earlier about it should never get physical. I totally agree. I would never put my hands on a woman I never have. I have two beautiful young daughters. I'm married as well. I would never see think about hitting a woman. But unfortunately, it does happen where a woman hits on a man, especially in a black community. Black women are notorious for hitting on their men, you know, just because they know they, they can't touch them. They can't hit them back. Um, I'm not saying you should hit them back, but unfortunately these things happen and I just don't think we should just be dismissive about the fact that it does happen in certain certain households and, and communities. Um, uh, again, I, I think it's deplorable for a man to hit a woman or any, anything of that nature, but um, also are you supposed to just stand there and let them do it? Uh, me, okay, personally, I would just, yeah. me personally, I would just walk away. Um, Correct. I'm, I'm not being dismissive of, of it. I'm not being dismissive of it happening. It obviously, does happen because men use that as an excuse all the time for why they hit a woman. Uh, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I'm saying that a, I don't think you should be in that situation where it does happen. And just like you said, if it does happen, you walk away. You don't slug them in the face. Uh, typically, men are bigger and stronger than women, and their damage that they can do to you is nothing compared to what you can do to them. Yeah, look, if she's got a gun in your face, maybe then you might have to do something different. But where that is, yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, that is really the only time in which it's even okay to do anything in that way. And I don't, the problem, I hate this where it's like, you know, it is wrong to to hit a woman. It is completely wrong to hit a woman. But the butt needs to go away. The butt is completely unacceptable. As far as I'm concerned, before we get to trending, let's uh, go to Virginia and talk to JT. JT, how are you? JT, you with us? Looks like JT may have dropped. Oh, there he is. JT, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, guys, I just wanted to know how this applies to the Castle Doctrine. If a woman threatens you in your home and you're allowed to shoot people under those circumstances, are women now exempt from being shot under those circumstances? Thanks for the question, JT. What do you think about that, Jeff? I mean, what if someone raised if a woman raised their fist to you in their in their in, in your home, you're allowed to shoot them? Is that what he's saying? That's that's the yeah, law. I, I, I find that very hard to believe. 
If, oh. if a woman is breaking into your house in certain states, you can shoot anybody who's breaking into your house in certain in, in certain states. Um, as soon as they turn their back to you, though, that's illegal. So that's just, I don't understand. That doesn't. The problem is these weird do, hypotheticals. That has nothing to do with no. our conversation whatsoever. None. Like I said, if you I'm, have to go to extreme if, if hypotheticals. Woman, if a woman is coming at you with a gun, I give you permission to punch them in the face or to shoot them back. I don't understand. Like I don't understand why that's even remotely close to what our conversation whatsoever. I don't think it is. Like I said, when you were having to go to weird <laughs> examples like this, then you have kind of lost the argument, I would say. If someone right. has a machete and they're attacking me, what do I do? It's not our conversation. 877-996-6369. So from that to Kevin Durant getting Paul George to Oklahoma City? Are you kidding me? Uh, we'll talk no. about it next. But first, let's find out what's trending. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Also brought to you by True Car today. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. And on average, you can then save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a newer used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I'm Jason Martin, executive producer here on Outkick the Coverage. In for Clay Travis this week. He is in Paris with his family. I'm on Twitter at Outkick, joined by our regular Wednesday guest. So, like, right now is when you would be on the show, generally. True. But we've also added 14 and a half hours to your uh, schedule this week <laughs> there, Jeff. That's Jeff Schwartz. He's down in Charlotte on Twitter, at Jeff Schwartz, G-E-O-F-F, Schwartz with a T, is where you can find him. We talked a lot about Floyd Mayweather and it got pretty heavy, and we got some great calls. So now let's talk a little bit about the NBA. Kevin Durant leaves for Golden State. I'm still not fully over it because I love KD, and I'm an Oklahoma City fan. I understand sort of why he did it, even though I don't mm, I don't want to get into it. But here's what happened yesterday. Paul George arrives in Oklahoma City. There's a lot of fanfare there. How did Paul George get to Oklahoma City? How did he become a member of the Thunder? Well, Sports Illustrated's Lee Jenkins talked to Paul George, and here is what Paul George said. KD was like, that place will blow you away. He told me they can offer what other teams can't in terms of the people and the preparation and the facility down to the chefs and the meals. He was pretty high on them. He thought it was a first-class organization in every way. That is insane to me. Like, when I saw that, the first two things that immediately hit me were, one, man, Kevin Durant was not having fun playing with Russell Westbrook. Because to be a first-class organization, to love the fans, to love the community, to love down to the chefs, and all of those kinds of things, then why would Kevin Durant leave when the year before he left, had it not been for a very uncharacteristically terrible performance from Durant in Game 6 against the Warriors, and then in Game 7 where they had the lead and lost it late, they had the Warriors beat. If they make it to the finals that year, I think they beat Cleveland and they win the NBA Finals, and we never even see Kevin Durant in a Golden State uniform, most likely, because he's already a champion. If Draymond Green gets suspended for what he did to Steven Adams, which he should have been, I think they yes. win the series as well. So that one incident may have led to Kevin Durant inevitably leaving. Go ahead. You didn't even mention that Clay Thompson had the greatest game of his life in yes. Game 6 as well. Yes, I mean, all that's these, right. All these, all these um, moments happened that that hurt the Thunder, being up three one. You know, it, it was when I read that, I thought to myself, um, 
he kind of gave up in Oklahoma. If if you love these things so much, you loved everybody, uh, you know, about everything about the Thunder, the facility, the people that worked there, um, either just decide to leave because of Russell Westbrook or you just kind of gave up and decided we wanted to go easy route to the Warriors. And I have no problem, by the way, with him going to the Warriors. He's a, he was a free agent. He can do whatever he wants. I'm okay with guys chasing rings. It's fine with me. But when I first read that, I thought to myself, you know, those are my two thoughts. Either you just gave up in Oklahoma City, um, and I think you gave up because of Russell Westbrook. You're just tired of playing with him. And that, that actually is why one reason why I'm not quite sure I want him on the Lakers eventually, What Westbrook that is. I mean, Westbrook is a killer. He's certainly an old-school mentality guy, but he might be even more selfish with the basketball than Kobe. Uh, and, you know, but Kobe's, that's... Al- Kobe's also a better player. I mean, you know, I, I don't... Yeah, as an all-around basketball player, absolutely. Russell Westbrook's the probably the most athletic guard I've ever seen yes. in the NBA. It was funny... At UCLA, he averaged like six points. <laughs> it's crazy that he, I mean, he played in such a defensive-minded system with Ben Howland at UCLA that you would have never imagined that he had gone to this point in the NBA. So if all of what Kevin Durant said to Paul George is true, then it had to be Russell Westbrook because nothing else even makes sense. And then the other thing that I thought about this story immediately was Kevin Durant somehow, somewhere in the recesses of his soul, feels some level of guilt for leaving an organization that he loved, that treated him well, a community that treated him well, and a great fan base. And I think in some ways there's at least some credence to the idea that he wanted to pay Oklahoma City just a little bit. So he found a way to get somebody down there to help them have a good season. And then Paul George said, look, if something crazy happens and we're able to beat the Warriors, maybe we win a championship, then why would I leave? Why wouldn't I just convince people to come here? One, there's a whole lot of ifs in that statement. People were like, oh, well, he's not going to the Lakers now. Slow down there, Ace. Like, calm down just a second. Because he said if the crazy stuff happens. He put all sorts of caveats on this thing. I still think he is L.A. bound. I think Oklahoma City is renting him for a year, and I think it was still probably a good move because I think it showed that the key here is not Paul George being a a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder in five years. It's convincing Russell Westbrook, if you're Sam Presti, that the organization is willing to do whatever necessary to put people around you to give you a chance to win. And that is the key, is keeping Russell Westbrook in town. It's not about Paul George. If that means you lose Victor Oladipo, who was a bad fit, that you know, they go ahead and they get Patterson from the Raptors. I think he's a really, really nice piece. They pay Robertson despite his tipping situation. All of the things that they've done, they are a better team right now. The Thunder are going to be really, really interesting next year. They may match up better with Golden State than anybody else in the West when all is said and done. But I think that's the key. It's not about Paul George resigning. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he made it pretty no. clear he's going to the Lakers. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen at the end of the season. But If you can prove to Russell Westbrook, look, we'll do what we have to do. We'll rent, we will leverage, we'll do whatever it is to bring other stars here while you're in your prime to give you a chance to win, to take some of this load off of you, then I think that is a win-win for the organization. I don't think that Kevin Durant feels guilty at all about leaving. He looks at his ring, it's nice and shiny, he won a championship there, um, 
I don't think he feels guilty at all about it. I think that he just really enjoyed his time in Oklahoma City, and when Paul George called him for some advice, he sent him there, um, and you know, and did and did a nice thing for his old his old boss, you know, the guy who drafted him. Essentially, uh, I don't think he feels guilty at all about it. As far as Westbrook staying or going, I do think that this move shows that Oklahoma City is making the moves um, necessary to to keep Westbrook. But if Paul George leaves, then they're still not someone to play with Westbrook like why 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 would what incentive would it be for him to stay if they don't bring anyone else in to play with him maybe you rent somebody else next year maybe you bring in you pay one of the high-end free agents that are on the hashtag future Laker list and get them to Oklahoma City with Russell there's Westbrook a lot, there's, there's about 14 of those guys on the future Laker list you have a big margin a big a big uh wide group of players to choose from I mean even if you're taking 13 or 14 according to all you guys that means you're getting Boogie Cousins or Giannis Antetokounmpo, or somebody like that. Like that's, I'll take him in Oklahoma City if that's number thirteen or fourteen you, on the you can future Laker list. You can take Boogie. We'll take Anthony Davis instead. Oh my God, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Lonzo, Paul did you just George, orgasm? and I did a little bit. And John yeah. Wall. Oh my God, you just slang that parades. wood in Charlotte. The, I could see, I could see the parades roaming down Hollywood and Vine. I love it. Like Danny's not even able to speak right now. He's so excited. Just, Hashtag just future yeah. Laker. Danny, <laughs> Paul George is going to be a Laker, right? But at the same time, this Durant thing is just so strange that he would convince Paul George to go to Oklahoma City and talk about how the organization was so good. Hmm. That's why this whole thing has to be Kevin Durant just wasn't having fun playing basketball. He loved everything about the Oklahoma City Thunder except actually playing in the games with Russell Westbrook. Has to be, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying it. I mean, we know Durant's a little odd, can we yeah. say? He's got yeah. a big, uh, what, a Pac tattoo on one yeah. thigh and a huge Rick James tattoo on the other side. Now, the Pac tattoo I'm cool with, but when I found out he got the big Rick James tattoo <laughs> on his inner thigh, I was like, I don't see this dude chilling in Oklahoma City. And you guys heard about how the uh, Thunder put out, you know, the, the Twitter uh the announcement that he was going to be landing at a certain time at the airport. Right, right, yes. And so they served donuts and refreshments, and they had their fans kind of choreographed out there uh, to welcome Paul George. And it just seems like a city that no ball player really truly wants to be in as far as living there. Now, their team, they've had good teams. But as far as living in that city, how long, if you're an NBA player, how long are you really going to be able to stay excited and live your life to the fullest in OKC? That is an L.A. honk destroying a small market. Well, I'm just, it's what I see. I've never been there. I've never been there. So I can't say it's a horrible place to live. But I'm saying if you have the option to live in one of the major fun cities in the country or one of the smaller markets, of course you're going to choose the San Francisco Bay Area if you're Kevin Durant, right? So wouldn't you think that uh, also uh, Paul George is going to want to come home to L.A. County? No, I, I completely agree with that, though. But when you said you didn't buy it, like what didn't you buy? Oh, about Kevin Durant uh, with what he was doing as far as his words to Paul George about how awesome the organization is. Oh, so you just think he was lying? I don't know if he was lying, but it's like if it's that one, like what you said, if it's that wonderful. It's Westbrook, man. <laughs> it is Russell right, but, Westbrook. Right, yeah, but, right, can, but do but, they, but, are they really, is anyone going to fit with Westbrook? Maybe not. Honestly, I mean, it might be a great organization to play for, but is it the right fit for Paul George? 
I don't know. He's a two-way player, and I think that they can stagger time, and they won't always be on the floor together. And Paul George can make it a lot easier on that second unit, and I think he can have a fun year. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see. Jeff, go ahead. Real quick. Okay, so Paul George was traded there, right? He goes a free agent. So what does it matter what Kevin Durant has to say about the organization? He's going to be there anyways for at least a year. Like I, I just think at the point of of Kevin Durant going out of his way to say this to Paul George, who then reported it to the media. Um, unless, like you said, he feels guilty about leaving. But then if he felt that guilty, he should have stayed, and they could have built a team there that could have taken down the Warriors. Because if you add one more piece to that team, they could have been the Warriors. If you didn't play terribly in Game 6, or Clay Thompson didn't have the best game of his life in Game 6, or you didn't blow a lead, you know, like they were so close to being the Warriors, that if you feel that guilty about it, he should have just stayed. If he does feel that guilty about it, do you guys think that down the road this could be a situation similar to LeBron going back to Cleveland? Yeah, if Westbrook's not there anymore, say he moves on, do you think Durant would consider going back to OKC to try to bring those fans a title? I don't think that he has the same tie to that area. Like, I think if he left the Wizards for the Warriors, we'd have a better discussion here. But I think that certainly the chances of him going to Oklahoma City are exacerbated mightily by the idea that Russell Westbrook might be in a Lakers uniform or somewhere else in the league. I know we're a little bit over, so let's go ahead and get to the break. We'll continue this on the other side. Also coming up, well, the American League, yet again, a Seattle Mariner made it happen. Geico Play of the Day is next. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it is Outkick the Coverage with Jason Martin and Jeff Schwartz, NFL lineman, longtime veteran there, eight years in the league. And it is time for the Geico Play of the Day. Hard hit into right, back at the wall. Robinson Cano, solo shot in the top of the 10th, gets it done. American League wins its fifth straight All-Star game. This time has no bearing, thank God, on home field advantage. That was a terrible, terrible decision by MLB to actually make the all to try and make the all-star game count instead of letting it be a fun night of exhibition play. That is your Geico play of the day. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. So Fox last night handling things for the all-star game again. And man, John Smoltz does such a good job as an analyst. I really enjoy him and Joe Buck. You've got A-Rod out there in a suit talking to people during the game. I he tweeted out he should have just put on a glove and played for both teams while he interviewed. It was awesome. Ken Rosenthal was worried he was going to take a liner off the dome at some point. <laughs> he was out there. But they were talking to players in the outfield while they were playing outfield. And one of those, Jeff, was Bryce Harper. And Bryce Harper, I think, did himself real good last night. He was personable. He was complimenting the game, complimenting the other people on his team, on the opposing side, explaining how you play outfield and how you pay attention to the batter and to the pitcher to see where the ball is coming off the bat and all of those kinds of things. But he also, because he had Joe Buck, he made a joke about Dak Prescott and said, how's Dak going to do this year? And then he took a little swipe at the Pro Bowl and he said basically that the Pro Bowl is half-assery, that it is because of the injury <sighs> risk, is because of the physicality, it's a different game, whereas in the All-Star game, everybody is giving it all they can. And I just heard the sigh. And we've got about a minute left here. Have your say. He's doing an interview during an All-Star game. Nelson Cruz took a selfie during the middle of a baseball game. A-Rod is walking around in the middle of the baseball game interviewing players. I don't know how you can mock the Pro Bowl 
and then have all this stuff happen in the Major League Baseball All-Star game. I mean, yes, they go hard. I mean, sure, they the game was two to one. Whoopee, big big whoop. I mean, I don't like I don't understand why they they go harder. I mean, I'd love for him to put on the pads after playing seventeen weeks, sixteen weeks, and then go play a meaningless Pro Bowl and see how hard he goes. I mean, I think that there's no point in sw- taking a swipe at the Pro Bowl. We know what it is. If you don't like the Pro Bowl, don't watch the Pro Bowl. If I play in a Pro Bowl, I'd probably go half speed too. It's the end of the season. The game means nothing. I think they should take the Pro Bowl and make it into a skills competition, get rid of the game altogether, or if you want guys to play hard, you have to offer the winning team a lot more money. Right now, that's 60000 for the winning team, 30000 for the for, for the losing team. For those out there, I'm sorry, that's not a lot of money for an NFL player. It doesn't yeah. make them want to go any extra right. any, any harder. If you give a guy 250 that guy will go hard. Jeff just went hard. We'll stick with the NFL. Calvin Johnson making news next. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. All you got to do is visit geico.com and get yourself a free rate quote. We're also brought to you today by AutoZone. Heat is the main cause of battery failure, so it's important to have a tough battery. Duralast batteries are designed and tested to start in extreme temperatures up to 167 degrees. They're proven tough. They're sold only at AutoZone, so it's time to get in the zone. AutoZone. I am Jason Martin, executive producer of Outkick, the coverage. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartoutkick. Joined by eight-year NFL veteran Jeff Schwartz, usually our Wednesday guest, and I guess he's still our Wednesday guest, but he's also the host of this program all week. He's on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz, G-E-O-F-F, Schwartz with a T. And Clay oversees in Paris with his family, but I do need to remind you, 855-500-CLAY. 855-500-2529 if you want to tee off on him. Like, he hasn't really said a whole lot over the last week, but you can call and leave that voicemail. I have to listen to all of these. This was my brilliant idea to destroy my own personal <laughs> life and leave myself with no time. Some of this has already been absolute gold. And I have also had someone call and leave eight consecutive 10-minute messages telling story about stories about bathroom excursions and things of the like just to waste my time. Of course, I didn't listen to all of this because I also get a transcription email of every voicemail that is sent. So I was able just to look at that and delete it. So, sir, you wasted your damn time. Are we doing an I Hate You, Jason Martin, Jeff Schwartz segment this week? Uh, it's possible. If somebody, if you can call 855-500-CLAY and lay out on us, too, if you want to do that. Like, you knock yourself out. We'll see if people I'm hate us. i for that. I was hoping that I would, get, I would get crushed by Friday. I mean, I don't think I've said anything. I mean, maybe today, you know, some people don't obviously like my take about not hitting women. So, maybe yeah. you'll get an I, I Hate You Jeff Schwartz segment for Friday about people who enjoy hitting women. Yeah, real controversial take by you saying it's not okay to hit women. Uh, well, some people, just don't, some people have called in. Some people have called in and disagree with me. So, I mean, I thought it was pretty dry, you know, cut and dry, but obviously not. So, some of the stories of the day, as you heard from Eddie Garcia, there off the top, two to one winners last night. The American League, Robinson Cano, with the solo shot in the top of the tenth for the Mariners, fifth straight win for the American League. But thank goodness, no home field advantage anymore. It was just an exhibition. Oh. Although they went hard, though, Jeff. Bryce Harper made it real sure. clear there that they go hard, whereas the Pro Bowl, not so much. I don't know that you got all of your venom out about that. Listen, you're, you're back to sighing again. 
I mean, it's just, it's easy to take shots at the Pro Bowl unless you play football. I mean, and, and the best part about the whole thing is Bryce Harper's still going to watch it. And everyone else still watches the Pro Bowl. If you hate it so much, don't watch it. I think there's many ways to fix the Pro Bowl. Um, one of them would be to get rid of it altogether yeah. and go to a skills competition. But really, I mean, a lot of NFL players and, you know, us in general, people in general, motivated by money, right? So. The winning team gets, I believe it went to 60000 last year, and the losing gets 30000 So that's why you see the play actually pick up in the fourth quarter of, of Pro Bowls. Um, but, you know, this is snotty, whatever, but that's not a lot of money for an NFL player. You know, most of these guys that are playing in the Pro Bowl have second and third contracts. They're making millions of dollars. Sixty grand is not very much for them to go hard and possibly risk injury. If you're paying for... Uh, or you're paying a bonus of a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred fifty. I mean, two fifty is a lot for the Pro Bowl. But if you know, if you it's a hundred thousand dollars if you win, and it's it's just ten thousand dollars if you lose. You basically just cover your expenses for everyone you bring with you. Ten thousand dollars to Hawaii. Um, then I would see guys play harder. But if you're going to just keep it the way it is, guys are going to continue to go slower. It's not worth the injury risk. There's been players that have been hurt in the Pro Bowl. Then I think Dennis Pitta was one of them. Uh, Haloti Nada was a guy who got hurt in the Pro Bowl as well. Um, you know, there's guys who get hurt. No, it wasn't Pitta. It was the um, it was Eford, the guy from the yeah, Tyler Bengals, Eifert. Uh, Eifert, Tyler the Bengals uh, tight end, tight end. Yeah. who then couldn't play. You know, he missed part of the regular season because ankle never healed and he had to get surgery at some point in the off season. So. Um, you know the risk of injury is not worth it because when teams when it comes time to to, to contract time, uh, they're not saying well you missed three games to start the season because of an injury in the Pro Bowl. They're docking those three games against you that you're injury prone now. So um, it's just not worth the effort to go hard uh, in the Pro Bowl if you're not rewarded for basically if you get injured or if you go hard. So uh, I get why guys don't go hard. I've never made a Pro Bowl. I've never been close to making a Pro Bowl. But if I did make a Pro Bowl. I will go half speed too. I'm not getting hurt. I'm I'm enjoying my time in Hawaii. I think I should go back to Hawaii. I think it was Orlando this year. Actually, I, I was heard though that it went well in Orlando. I, I think because there's so much to do there as far as with your kids, because you know everyone brings their family. Right, it makes right. sense why it would go well in Orlando. Um, but I think it should be in Hawaii. Guys should just enjoy themselves. You know, guys, it's uh, uh, guys go out at night. They have fun at the Pro Bowl. Uh, the game is almost secondary. I do think it's funny, and you made this point, and I hadn't even thought about it, that Bryce Harper is making these comments while he's doing an interview in the middle of the game, while he's on the field playing. It's like it's tough to make this to make the argument that you're going full on when you're able to do an interview with television while the game is going on. That's right up there with LeVar Ball using a double negative while describing the intellect of the person that he's attempting to insult. Like there's a bit of hypocrisy there. Nelson Cruz took a picture before his at bat with Joe West, which I didn't think Joe West was still umpiring. By the way, did he come back out of retirement for this? Um, so yeah, I, I don't see. I mean, it's a, they're both exhibition games. I mean, just because the MLB All Star Game, you know, from what two thousand three or four till now meant something, doesn't make it any. You know, that you guys are going harder. I mean, I think it was ridiculous. It meant something at all. It was absolutely crazy that an exhibition game in the middle of the year when you could have a guy. You know, uh, you have to have a MLB All-Star from every team. So you, you take my Giants, for example, we're 27 games under 500. We're 30 games back of the Dodgers. Who even knows by now? And, you know, Buster Posey's playing well, but should Buster Posey decide if the Dodgers are going to get home field advantage in the World Series or not? 
I mean, for me as a, as a Giants fan, of course he should, but you know that's not the right way to do things. And uh, and so you know that that's crazy to me that that's the way the All Star Game had been an overreaction over a tie, which I don't think people really care about. If the game ended last night after nine innings, would people really care? Oh no, not at all. No, it's, it's, it's total, okay, it's a total it's exhibition. Yes. See, you know, see, you know, we're done. You're there okay, to I mean, see you... the guys play. You're you're there right. to see them all in one place at the same time. The winner and loser is completely irrelevant. I, I do think that the All Star Game though did not after the home run derby it was kind of a letdown it did not it did not live up I well guess, Aaron Judge to, went up and struck out against Scherzer and he but he, I like he see, yeah go ahead I'm a I'm a fan of like I pitched in high school so I like watching Sale pitch and Scherzer like I like yeah. watching Sale come out there and throw 99 miles an hour I mean I like that um, so I'm okay with that type of game but I think the this year, with the with the base, with the baseball being juiced, uh, the numbers way up on offense. You have a two to one All Star game that goes in extra innings off a great home run derby night. Um, I think that was kind of a letdown for baseball. Yeah, and you want to see offense in that game. You want to see the long ball. You want to see some runs. You want to see a nine eight kind of kind of situation. You see that. The NBA All-Star Game is a complete joke because they can score almost 200 points in those games and you see <laughs> a ton the of over, goals. I bet the over and I and I and I won. It was like it was like sure. 290. Yeah, crazy. I mean that's that's an easy that's an easy bet in a game that's got Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant and guys shooting threes every time down the court. It's easy to get to those points. So that's one of the stories. Kevin Durant potentially luring Paul George to Oklahoma City is another story we've been tracking today, but the big story of the day is the big story of the week, and that is the attempt by Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather to control the media landscape in sports during what is unfortunately called the deadest week of the year on the sports calendar. So they're having this tour where they're going around and having press conferences every day and trying to build up hype for this farce that's going to take place in Las Vegas next month that's going to cost you $100 if you want to see that on pay-per-view. If you missed... Some of the highlights as Conor McGregor trounced Floyd Mayweather in round one yesterday, and he's going to trounce him all week long. Just listen to some of this. He's in a f***ing tracksuit. He can't even afford a suit anymore. The roses are 2012 outside. He is f***ed. There's no other way about it. His little legs, his little core, his little head. I'm going to knock him out inside four rounds. Mark my words. Because you can choose which way you want to go. And, I, and I'm guaranteeing you this. You're going out on your face or you're going out on your back. Now, which way you want to go? Which way you want to go? That's right. Sit quiet, you little <laughs> Talking about my defense. Come on. Oh, I got good defense. All you need to do is show up. You just show up, okay? And I'm going to do the rest. Let me show you <laughs> what a $100 million fighter look like. Still got a $100 and then he never touched it. That's it, attacks, man. You're right. I'm the IRS, and I'm going to tax your ass. <sighs> Jeff, <laughs> I have, like I said, I worked in pro wrestling for 10 years. I have coached people on promos. I have cut promos as both a hero and a villain. A baby face and a heel is the terminology. And I'm listening to especially Floyd, and I'm wondering if someone is holding up some kind of poster board with his lines written on them. Because so much of this seemed canned, so much of it seemed inauthentic, planned yes. out, all of that kind of stuff. Like, there was a real artificiality to how this went. And I think that stands to reason, because this fight is completely plastic from top to bottom, right? Would you would you buy the fight if you didn't cover it? 
I don't know. I would probably find a group of people and go to you know a restaurant or a bar that had paid the thirty nine hundred to four grand or whatever it is that it's going to cost to put that in their bar on that night and pay the cover and get a couple of drinks and have some wings or whatever that is and watch the fight. Am I going to pay $100 at my house to sit in my flat screen and watch yeah. that? No, absolutely not. That's a lot of money, I think, Jeff. Po- I think to your point, I agree. I think to your point, it felt, um, the, the interview, I mean, the, the press conference didn't feel organic. Like It felt like it was, it was um, planned out. I, I don't get Connor going for what he's wearing right away. I mean, this seems like, like there was nothing to really diss each other about, and, and they didn't really get into it very much. I don't know what I don't know what we expected any more than this. I mean, this is what the fight hype was going to be was was McGregor being louder than Mayweather because Mayweather honestly doesn't have to do this fight. I think he's just doing this fight to pay off his liens. It, it's what it seems like, or he's throwing that out there like you've mentioned. Um, to basically say, if I lose this, this is why I'll lose this fight, is to make more money. Mm-hmm. I think Mayweather is just doing this fight because he's making $100 million. There's no other way in his life to make that much money. I mean, who else is going to make $100 million that quickly? Um, he's 40 right now, and he's just trying to get through this time period, get to the fight, beat McGregor. I don't see... The only way McGregor wins this fight, I think you agree with me, is if he lands somehow lands a punch. I don't think he'll even touch Mayweather most of the night. Um Hey, I mean, Pacquiao I mean, barely touched Mayweather two years ago. Correct. I mean, this is not correct. a trained boxer. This is a fighter in Conor McGregor, and he does have some punching power, and he is fairly fast, especially in the octagon. This is a completely different experience. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather, to all the talk about him, he was decrying his own defense. Like, you talk about my defense. Yeah, we're talking about your defense. You're one of the, you may be, you, you know what? No, you are the greatest defensive fighter in the history of boxing. How is Conor McGregor, who's not a trained boxer, supposed to actually make contact on a consistent basis with somebody as elusive historically against guys that have done nothing but train boxing for for a decade like Floyd Mayweather has? No, he's not going to hit him. I mean, and and if you watch those videos, those promo videos that they put out the other day, it made me feel even more uh, like I I already knew I was going to think about this fight, which is... McGregor is not touching Mayweather. I mean, if you watch those two videos, I'm surprised that, that McGregor put out a video after Floyd did because it was they weren't even remotely in the same um, region as far as how quick their hands are. It wasn't even close, and and it made it made me think McGregor is going to get beaten even worse than I thought he would be. Right, and the only reason that it might not happen is simply because Floyd Mayweather is not really a knockout artist, and he usually drags out fights. And I saw people trying to claim that the Connor video was faked, that he's trying to make Floyd think that he's not as fast as he actually is. No. no. Is that possible? That was, yes, but no. Exactly no, what I you're saying, think, Jeff. I And I think I think that Mayweather... Do you think Mayweather would want this to go 12 just to basically toy with, with McGregor? Cause can, can McGregor physically handle going 12 rounds? The UFC is, what, three five-minute rounds? Uh, I mean, or no, not always three. Sometimes it's five five-minute rounds. Like there's, it's a little bit longer. It depends on the fight, and it depends on the stakes and the position on the card, and some of those things. A lot of Connor's fights are five round fights, but most of the time he's done pretty quickly. Early, now, right? Yeah, I don't think Floyd necessarily would toy with him, but I do think that Floyd is going to be in a situation where if he's smart, I would let Connor dance around and be Connor McGregor for a round or two and have fun with it and get the crowd up. And then when it's time to get down to business, just finish it off. Because I really believe that Floyd in this situation, in his element, 
can end this at the precise moment that he chooses. So you don't end it in 20 seconds. That's not giving the people their money's worth. Well, does he care, though? Because he the money's already in by that time. I do think he's a showman. And I do right. think that there's if he, if he knows that he's not going to lose. And I, the other thing about this press conference situation before we get to break is Conor McGregor's words are always so good. He's the best promo in the world, best interview yes. in the world. I don't think he believes a word he's saying about this fight. Because I don't but think he, he cares. believe it, though. Because he's banking he, in. I think he has to believe it, though, to train. Like You have to believe in some of that to motivate yourself to train. I mean, he doesn't want to be embarrassed. I think that, he, that deep down he thinks he can't win this fight, but he doesn't want to go into it and get embarrassed. I mean, that would be terrible for him. I mean, we all expect him to lose, but I think we expect him to to at least put up a decent showing. And that's why I think Mayweather, if he drags this fight out a, a long time, will be worse for McGregor because it's going to make McGregor look bad. He's going to get tired, I promise you. He's going to get tired, and Mayweather will just toy with him after that. Should certainly be right there. Our telephone number is 877-996-6369. That is 877-99 on Fox. I see we've got one in Fresno. Tony, go ahead and hang on the line. We'll get to you when we come back. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage with J. Martin Jeff right here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it is Outkick the Coverage, the radio program. We are brought to you again by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com. 15 minutes ago. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartoutkick. Jeff Schwartz, NFL veteran, played for five teams in his eight-year career in the league. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz, G-E-O-F-F, if you want to locate him there. We talked some here about Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. If you missed any part of the early part of this show, we talked a lot about Floyd Mayweather in relation to domestic violence. We took some very interesting phone calls and some deeper phone calls and one guy that shared a story of his own domestic violence past. And yes. I would urge you to subscribe to the podcast, Outkick the Coverage. Go find that on iTunes, on Google Play, everywhere. And you can also go to foxsportsradio.com and you can listen to the shows there. But that is well worth going back and checking through uh, at some point today. I believe we have Tony out in Fresno. Let's go to him real quickly before we shift gears. Tony in Fresno wants to talk Connor McGregor. Tony, how are you? Hey, great. Thank you, Jeff, and thank you, Jason. Uh, I'd like to just say it's amazing that you guys are dismissing Conor McGregor. Guys work so hard. Obviously, you two got where you're at because you work so hard. It reminds me of 1968, Joe Namath. He was an underdog by 19 points, won the Super Bowl, and you're dismissing Conor McGregor. It's in New York. Uh, you know, you come out and – you got NBA, NFL, NBA, NMLB guys making all kinds of money. And Conor McGregor wants to come out and do it for the working man. Then you guys are dismissing him. Mayweather is a great champion. But McGregor is a great champion also. And to dismiss him is an error. And for guys that work hard like you two, I'm surprised you're dismissing him. Thank you all very right, much. Right. Thanks, Tony. I pre- appreciate the phone call. I just I just said nice things about the callers, and then we took that. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, Peyton Manning was a champion too. He's not going to beat Golden State. Like, it's it's not exactly the same. That's an in, that's sort of an incomplete analogy from me. But I know he's worked hard, but he's not worked hard to be a boxer his entire life. Correct. It's not the same. Like, it's a complete different discipline. Floyd Mayweather has done this. The one thing that he's going to be doing in this fight his entire career and guess what 
He's also never lost. Conor McGregor has been in the octagon where he's had to utilize many other things that he's not going to be able to utilize here. If there was one bet that I would make on this fight, it is I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Conor threw a kick at some point in this thing. Because he knows this is a circus. Everybody knows this is a circus. We're not dismissing Conor McGregor because we know why Conor McGregor took this fight. He did not take this fight to win this fight. He took this fight to make money. When you saw that stare down yesterday for a minute between these two guys where Floyd is a statue and Connor's sitting there bouncing and dancing over on the other side, they're both looking to each other's eyes and you know what they're really thinking. Holy bleep, how much money are we both going to make for this complete sham of an athletic event? <laughs> hey, let's um, go to, uh, hang on real quick, let's go to uh, Justin Cooper. I think he has something he wants to weigh in uh, out in L.A. We haven't really heard from him today. Max Reed from Liar Liar <laughs> with a take. What's up? Well, I, I wanted to ask the, the both of you guys, because I was just talking to Danny G about this. Now, I, I'm assuming you guys are both going to order the fight or at least go, you know, Oh, watch yeah, I'm going to see it, yes. Right. Now, obviously, you're buying the fight going into it thinking this is going to be, you know, an S show. It's not going to be a good fight. It's going to be terrible. But I want to ask the both of you, isn't there part of you somewhere deep down that just hopes that maybe something insane will happen and, and Mayweather will, will screw up and, and, and whiff on a punch and McGregor will just knock him out? Aren't you, don't you want that to happen? Jeff, I'll let you take that first. Um, I think that McGregor might do a UFC move at some point. Like, I've thought about that. Like, if things get bad or he just, you know, his instincts take over and he goes to kick him or goes to, to bring him to the ground. I mean, I think that might happen at some point. Um, but it wouldn't, so that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, do I think that Mayweather will lose? No. And if I, if he does lose, I'll think he threw the fight. I mean, that, that's how big of a, of a mismatch I think this fight is. That if, if, if Mayweather were to lose, I would, I would first think that the fight was fixed. That's absolutely right, and we said that from the very beginning when this thing was announced, when it was being ballyhooed, and when it was signed, that Floyd Mayweather knows that if he loses, look, Conor McGregor knows if he wins, nobody's going to think it's legitimate anyway. He can come out right. and cut promo after promo afterwards and talk about what he did to Floyd Mayweather, and everybody's going to assume that Floyd Mayweather took a dive to cash in and potentially do a rematch. Floyd said yesterday this is going to be his last fight. I think it will because I think he's going to walk in and win and preserve the zero on his record because I think that is important up. to him. Yes, I think that's huge. This is Chuck Wepner versus a bear in a cage. This is Bobby Riggs <laughs> versus Billie Jean King when Bobby Riggs was over 50 and Billie Jean was in her prime and Bobby Riggs potentially had some mafia debt and it's basically been revealed that that was not entirely legitimate there. Like this is, uh, you know... The thing about, like, this is as close to pro wrestling as it gets. And when you think about pro wrestling, yes, you know it's predetermined, but you just want them to do a good job of fooling you. Because if you watch that piece of entertainment, that kind of entertainment, you go in hoping that they're going to do a good job manipulating your emotions and make you forget, even for a split second, that this thing is rigged. This fight is such a mismatch that it is hard for me to look at these two guys on the same screen and see anything other than a right. pure cash grab and ring them, uh, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and & Bailey. you got P.T. Barnum in the back just counting money. That's what this thing is. And that's fine. 
Just yeah. admit to it. And I don't think that they're necessarily hiding what this is. They're having a blast with this. I think people are going to get tired of both of them before this fight actually happens because they're so boisterous and over the top. Yeah. But Conor McGregor is wildly entertaining. And Floyd Mayweather, if he's able to step up his game and actually show up, like yesterday, you needed more from Floyd. Floyd's not going to be the promo guy that Conor is. We know this. But he didn't even show up. Like, this was absolutely pathetic. Like, you need a good back and forth right now. Connor just killed him. Connor's suit yeah. was better than anything that came out of Floyd Mayweather's mouth. Those pinstripes, just the sheer fact that he said, my suit is going to talk smack. And then you think that that's just figurative, and it's talking about how expensive the suit is. And then you actually see that the pinstripes say F you all the way through <laughs> them. And then you wonder, and I couldn't find this anywhere. I'm sure this will be revealed. How much did that suit cost? Um... 1500 you think i mean i know how much i pay for suits and he's smaller than me how many fu suits do you have jeff i have zero fu suits i have plenty of nice clothes i mean i basically have to get all custom clothes so i mean 1200 1500 if it was a quick turnaround maybe more but that's probably that's probably about it he's a smaller guy it doesn't cost very much for smaller men to get to get custom clothes the mayweather mcgregor world tour continues all week as they're going to be in toronto today this is going to be another big press conference. We're going to be talking about what is said yet again tomorrow because there's going to be some fireworks. There always are. Somebody else that made some fireworks and said something pretty interesting over the past few days is Calvin Johnson. Why did he retire? Well, might have had something to do with the franchise he played for. We'll talk about that next. But first, let's find out what's trending. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Today, we're also brought to you by our partners and good friends at True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. This is Outkick the Coverage. Jason Martin, Jeff Schwartz, former NFL lineman, here with you this week in for Clay Travis. And we've teased this now a couple of times. Calvin Johnson, of course, retired a year ago and cited his body and just the beating, the fatigue, the toll that had been taken uh, over his nine years in the NFL as the major reason that he left the league. Last week, he did a press conference in Italy, and he said, well, something interesting. Check this out. Have you ever thought about changing team to target someone else? And if so, where could, could you have thought about yeah. <clears throat> Of course. I mean, I, I thought about it. You know, um, just like in basketball, you know, guys, you know, they create, you know, these super teams, but it's not quite like that in football where I had the freedom just to go. Um, I was stuck in my contract with Detroit, so and they told me they would not release my contract, so I would have to come back to them. So um, I didn't feel like there was a chance for them. I didn't see a chance for them to win a Super Bowl at the time, and for the work that I was putting in, you know, it wasn't worth my time to keep on beating my head against the wall, you know, for and, and not going anywhere. It's definition of insanity. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. You actually were with the Lions for a short time. Calvin Johnson says, look, we weren't going to win a Super Bowl there. They kind of controlled my future. They weren't going to let me go anywhere else. Why put my body through it knowing I had no chance at a ring? What are your initial thoughts? I believe the Lions had made the playoffs either his last year or the year before he left. Um, so 
I don't know if that's completely valid. He wasn't going to win. I mean, I think a, a lot of places you have at least a, a chance to win. Now, I got to Detroit with a brand new GM and Bob Quinn, uh, same ownership uh, with Martha Ford, but she took kind of more control of the team the year before I got there. Like she was more hands on, and and obviously they made those sweeping changes in the middle of 2015. Um, and so 20, I was there in 2016, obviously last year in camp, and I loved it there. What Bob Quinn was doing. He's got him in the right direction. He came from New England. He's building up the team in the fashion that New England did in his draft uh, two years ago. He drafted left tackle, defensive tackle, center. After another offensive lineman later in the draft, that's why I was released, which is fine. Actually, this only time I've been released where I went into the office, I talked to the coach, Jim Caldwell, talked to Bob Quinn. We talked for 10 minutes, um, and it was actually like a cordial releasing. I knew it was going to happen anyway. I didn't play in a, in a preseason game, and I knew when that happened, I was being cut the next day, and lo and behold, they, they called me and cut me. Um, if he was there now, I think he would feel different about their chances to win. And one thing that I gather in my time in Detroit is that the fans – and and maybe the organization. I think this is changing now with Bob Quinn, though. They just they don't think they can win, and 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 I know they have not won a lot over their over their existence of their franchise, and that that plays a role into this. But I've been at places where you know even New York, and they win a lot in New York, so it makes sense why they feel this way. But from top to bottom in New York, you feel the vibe in the building and the facility of a team that only expects to win, and the fan base feels the exact same way. And in Detroit, we got booed. In our first home preseason game in Detroit when I was there, the first drive was a three and out, and they booed us in the preseason of uh, of a, a game in Detroit. It was, it's, it's remarkable that that could even happen. I, I turned to a player who had been in Detroit a while, and I said, is this really happening right now? And they said, yes, it is. I mean, so, so I get why Calvin Johnson, I think, felt that way about being in Detroit when you have fans that, that do that. And, and I don't know if they expect you to win, but they're so um, – it's almost decades because of they haven't futility. won. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's and so much so, futility, yeah. Yeah, and, and I get why they feel that way. So I get why Calvin Johnson um, would, would feel that way about Detroit. However, I think if he was there now, he'd feel a lot different. Um, Jim Caldwell is an outstanding coach. He gets the most out of his players, and, and I love playing for him. The camp was great. The way he treated us was, was awesome. Um, he's very well-spoken. His team meetings are, are very well-organized. Uh, what I like about Jim Caldwell and his staff is – they're not big yellers and screamers, so when they do get upset with you, you know when that is, and it has the proper effect that they want. You know, the, you know, you see these coaches in, in the NFL and college who just scream at you nonstop, right? Like you see, even like like a Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, right, or Butch Joe, they're just constantly screaming and yelling, and on the side, like it doesn't motivate players because if you constantly do that they just turn you off if you do it every once in a while it has the effect that you want it to be and that's what jim caldwell does and so i just enjoy my time there um i won't say anything about bad about the lunch even though i I got released by them um and i think calvin johnson would feel differently now calvin johnson also went a step further and said he wants to play for the raiders now he's he's interning there in oakland this offseason as an offensive kind of consultant but just kind of maybe he wants to coach one day he's learning the ropes and said he wants to play with david carr um, I mean, of, Derek Carr. Of course you would. Excuse me, Derek Carr. I get him confused all the time. Yeah, uh, Derek Carr. I just call him Carr. It works better that way. <laughs> I call most all players by their last name. It just you can't confuse the first name. Um, so he wants to play with him. Of course, of course he would want to. I mean, they're they're a franchise on the rise, and he's been around that organization. So you know, maybe that's another slight at the Lions. Is he's been around the Raiders, the Raiders out of all organizations, and says he'd rather play for the Raiders than play for the Lions. It is pretty amazing, though, when you think about it, Jeff. That 
not just Calvin Johnson, but also Barry Sanders, retired before they necessarily had to retire, both of them yeah. citing fatigue, but then also at some point saying Barry Sanders came out flat out and said he didn't think that the Lions organization was committed to putting a winning team on the field. Now, what you just said about how they've drafted, and look, they've got a good quarterback. In right, Matthew he was going to pay him a lot of money. Yeah, paid him a ton of money. Well, and he no, was able to get the him. ball. They're good at pay him. Oh, he's yeah, up right, again. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Him a, lot, a lot more money. Yeah, he's going to be huge. So and it's it, just amazing. That that franchise has seen so much futility. They've been such a joke for such a long period of time that two transcendent players in two of the most important and I guess you would say visible positions in the NFL called it quits before they necessarily well, yeah, had to. Become, and they were both for the Lions. This is a whole other argument, but they're, they're not. They're the visible positions in the NFL. They're not the most important positions in the NFL. No, I, no, no, no. I, I even argued this yesterday. I did serious after this show, and you know we talked about kind of the importance of, of Le'Veon Bell as a running back for the Steelers, and just I went into this thing about I don't think – I don't value, maybe because I'm an offensive lineman, but I just don't value wide receivers and running backs, I think, as highly as other people do. If you were to put together a team, I think they would be near the bottom of putting together a team. However, I mean, if you have an Odell or you have a Calvin Johnson, it obviously can help you win, but I think that's very low – on the factors that lead you to a Super Bowl championship. Uh, yes, a wide receiver can make a great play in a Super Bowl. David Tyree, right? Mario Manningham, Santonio Holmes, they can make great plays. Julio Jones had a great catch last year. Obviously didn't win, um, so I can't use that as an example of a, of a wide receiver who helped the team win. Um, but they can make individual plays. But in general, you saw the Lions got better last year without Calvin Johnson. Um, and that's a lot of it has to do with the offense they ran. They, they don't need... Um, a Calvin Johnson per se. I actually don't think he'd fit very well in that offense. Um, but and maybe that's why he left because his last year there, he saw kind of the way the new offense was going to be run when Jim Bob became the OC in the middle of the season. He realized that that offense is not going to be ideal for for his skill set, and maybe that's why he also left. Um, but I just I don't know why you would kind of take a departing shot at the Lions when you don't really have to because they treated him well, um, they paid him a lot of money, and yeah, they didn't win. Um, but why would you take the shot a couple years afterwards? I mean, are you upset that they didn't honor you a certain way? I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the case, and maybe the case is he works for the Raiders for a little bit and realized that maybe the Raiders are run differently than the Lions are, and he regrets um, basically not forcing his way out of Detroit. He could have forced his way out if he wanted to or forced a trade. Um, most big dogs on teams can do that. Did you lose any respect for him in terms of just the competition and the competitive fire in terms of – this is a guy who, look, there's a lot of people in the league that go into the season and probably realize relatively quickly that all of the pain that they're about to go through for the next 14 weeks or whatever it's going to be at that point when they come to this realization is not going to end up in the Lombardi Trophy being in their team's hands. But you still continue to play because you play for, most people play to win, some people play to make money, but just the idea of the competitive spirit. Calvin Johnson just said, hey, we weren't going to win, so why bother? Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think money plays a factor in this. There's times where you'd want to be done, but you actually have to give back money. So the, the signing bonuses are prorated over a certain number of years. And so we might, we get that right up front, but it's prorated throughout the contract. So if you, there's a certain time in the contract where if you decide to retire, you have to give back money. You've heard those instances happen before. Right. Um, so, you know, some guys just stick it out because they don't want to pay that money back. And I totally understand that. And now if you retire for an injury, then, you know, you get to keep your money. So, the NFL game cannot be played half-assed. Like, you can't just say, uh, I'm going to go out there 
and go half speed, go go seventy five percent, and stick it out all season just because I want to get paid. You will get hurt. You get other people hurt, and we can tell really fast if you're not into the game. And it's a bad look for you. So I think it's better for Calvin Johnson to get out when he got out. He's still playing hard, still at a top level, than to play another year where he wasn't giving it his all, where he wasn't going hard, where he was complaining and bitching and getting upset with the Lions and the organization. It's better for him to just get out when he did. He made these comments. I think he'll be forgotten. These comments will be forgotten. I think Lions fans generally understand that that was part of the reason he left. And, and really, he had not won very much up until the time he retired. I think he, he had been to one playoff game since then yeah. uh, in his whole career. So it makes sense why he would feel that way. I just don't know why he would publicly say that now. I mean, there seems no point into doing that. He can say that, hey, I still want to play. The Lions you know, won't let me out of my contract. And and you know that's kind of the end of it we don't know exactly who hashtag future lakers are going to be but we know about a new hashtag present laker we'll talk about him next in our final segment this is outkick the coverage on fox sports radio live from the geico fox sports radio studios it is outkick the coverage jason martin and nfl veteran jeff schwartz in this week for clay travis great news there's a quick way you could save money switch to geico go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15 percent or more on car insurance Hashtag future Laker has been a big story on this show over the past few weeks, but the Lakers actually signed somebody. Contavious Caldwell-Pope signed a one-year $18 million deal with the Lakers yesterday. He's a very, very good two-way shooting guard, and this is kind of a win-win, I think, because, guys, and I'll let you all speak to this as Laker fans, he's going to be able to go back into the market next year. Salary cap goes up. I saw this in a couple of different spots the kind of market for shooting guards is going to be up for him, so he's going to be able to cash in next year, and he definitely helps the Lakers right now. I know all three of you are probably very, very excited about this move for L.A. to get him at least for a year. Yeah, I'm going to be quite honest. Uh, I never really heard of this guy before. That's good stuff. Oh, I, I mean, I'm, 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 just, I'm just telling you, like, I, 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 I follow basketball closely, and I, I'm not a Pistons fan. I don't think I watch one Pistons game all year. Um, I'm only worried about the Lakers getting their top guys and how Lonzo Ball plays this year. Justin, Jeff, you're gonna come around to this guy. I think, I think you'll, you'll like him. Uh, I've. I've had him on my, you know, I play a lot of uh, fantasy sports, so I, I know a lot of the the lesser known guys just from that. But uh, aside from you know the the three point shooting that he can bring to the team, which he is, he's a good three point shooter. The the most you know enticing part is his perimeter defense because that's one of our biggest or has been one of our biggest weaknesses and I think we finally got that so you know yes it's great that it's a, a one-year deal and that his salary will come off the books but you know part of me is hoping that he'll develop even more he's only 24 years old yes. so I'm hoping that we see some something great out of him this season and maybe we keep him for the long term Danny yeah I agree just turned 24 as Justin mentioned six five shooting guard out of Georgia yep. averaged 14 points he was picked eighth overall in the 2013 draft this kid great defender I saw the Pistons in person at the Staples Center last season and he was one of the Pistons players that kind of stood out to me because he always hustled back he was great on the a great on ball defender and like Cooper said that's what the Lakers are in need of. It's a good deal for the Lakers because it fills what that 18 million they had left and uh, and then they can get out of it the the following season when they expect the free agents to arrive. Certainly. Do you, do you think ahead, he's a, but do you think he's a guy that 
they think could package with the Dane contract in the, in February to send to a, a team who needs a shooter. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that Dane contract's the the big one hanging Albatross, over the boy. <laughs> yes, I think they have to get rid of that somehow. Whether they get rid of it with Randall, with trading Randall, whether they get rid of it with changing, well, they have to get rid of it somehow. They can't have it on their books next season. Boy, one Magic thing, Magic's going to be a superstar if he gets rid of that one. One other thing to remember here in our final seconds: four point three million dollar exception the Lakers still have. They're still trying to bring in Rajon Rondo. Maybe Lonzo Ball could come off the oh, bench. Maybe right. that takes a little pressure off him early. We'll talk about no. that tomorrow. On this show, see you on Thursday here on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!